Welcome everybody to this week's episode of The Message with yours truly, Angel. This week's episode is called Saving Yourself for Marriage. It's funny to me. Recently, it seems like all I've been touching on are controversial topics. Topics that can make people feel a little bit uncomfortable. But we live in a world where society contradicts the Bible. And of course, one of my goals with The Message podcast is to help wake some people up. Some people are so blind to the truth, believing in God, yet living lives that blend them in perfectly with society that doesn't believe in Christ. Now, while I'm only 22 years old, the world I live in today is very different from the one I grew up in. I mean, we live in a world today where it's all about having fun and experimenting. Now, that sounds fine and all, but not when we do things that harm us or others. You see, there is such thing as spiritual harm. And sin does cause harm to our spirits and others. I mean, it's like we've created ourselves as gods into thinking we can do what we want with no consequence. I mean, people are no longer shameful of some actions such as doing drugs, getting drunk, and much more. Even sleeping with somebody who we won't spend the rest of our lives with. But what's wrong with that, Angel? I only die once. I mean, didn't you once say to live it up? Oh boy, we got some things to talk about. Now first off, we as human beings have a right to be happy in life. We should live life to the fullest. We owe it to ourselves to go for what we want in life. But that doesn't exactly mean I'm going to have sex with every single girl that I meet and be in a relationship at the same time. But this is what's normal out there now. You see, there are even couples out there that have open relationships. Now, for those of you who don't know what an open relationship is, it's a relationship where both partners agree to sleep with other partners besides themselves. So why has the world been so accepting to fornication among other things? Well, there's a lot to blame for the state of mind that this world is currently in. Music, for one, has had a great deal in the shift of consciousness, in my opinion. I mean, look around you. Some of the most popular artists today share the same common attributes. Most of them glorify sex, drugs, and violence. Now we'll ignore the last two for this episode, but I'm going to soon speak about drugs and violence because people glorifying it makes me sick. People know for a fact that music has such a huge influence on the youth today. So why people use it to glorify the wrong things is just so confusing to me. Now while those three have always been glorified to some extent, in my opinion, it just gets worse every single generation. And the way the media is portraying love, and sex specifically, is what in my opinion is destroying a lot of relationships out there. You see, in music, cheating is considered now normal as long as you don't get caught. Even the term side chick is a common term. You see, overall, the media is pushing the idea that premarital sex with multiple partners is normal. And that's what's causing so much of the youth to be misguided. And it's sad. But I really blame one being for all of this perversion that's going on. And excuse me if I sound a bit crazy from what I'm about to say. So what being are you going to put the blame on? It isn't God, is it? No, of course not. That being said, the one who's at the top of this perversion scheme 
you guessed it, no other than the devil himself. Now, in case you didn't know, and this might sound a bit crazy here, forgive me, but I'm just saying the truth here. In case you didn't know, the devil hates God. Here's a little backstory. The devil was once an angel in heaven, but his pride is what led him to think that he can actually try and dethrone God. He tried to wage war against God himself, and well, in the speed of a lightning strike, he got sent to earth with all the followers of angels that he had on his side. Ever since then, the devil has been trying to sabotage everything that God has created. But the devil doesn't just hate God, he also hates us. But why us? We haven't done anything to him, right? Well, no. But we're made in the image of God. I mean, one amazing and beautiful attribute that we have from God is the ability to create, which proves that we have a creator. This is an attribute that's unique to only human beings, which means that the devil himself can create. All he can do is imitate, but he's evil. So what does he do? The devil perverts everything God creates. God created sex, so the devil tries and twists it into things like pornography. Christians have a faith, so the devil goes out and twists it by having Satanists and New Age believers into thinking that they can be gods themselves. I mean, the devil wanted to be God, so honestly, the ideology in these religions doesn't surprise me at all. But as you can see here, sex was one of the things that the devil purposely tried to put a twist on so that we humans can unknowingly sin and be led to a path away from God. So how does the devil twist God's creation of sex? The devil twists the concept of sex by convincing the world that sex can be done outside the covenant of marriage. That there is nothing wrong with one night stands. I mean, some folks will even argue that you need to have sex before marriage so that you can make sure that you feel something. What? <laughs> so if there's no sex, you can't love someone? Is that what you're trying to tell me? I mean, this confuses me because when you really think about it, it's a lack of respect for the partner. I mean, do we not take into account their personality and values in life, their faith, among other things that a human being has unique to them only? I mean, Satan's version of sex is dirty, void of love or vulnerability. If you ever watched... Uh, I'm not suggesting you should, a pornography video or anything like that, you'll see that there's no love present in that video. I mean, you'll see a man treating a woman like an object for his pleasure only. It's dirty and perverse. But enough with all that because pornography is something I'm going to speak about in another episode since so many people find ways to justify their habits. So anyways, now that we know one of the devil's methods into twisting sex and perverting it, well then what's God's version of sex? You know what's funny to me is that in some churches, believe it or not, sex is like an off-limit topic, like a taboo to speak upon. But why is that? I mean, God created it just like as he created Adam, Eve, all the animals, and well, of course, everything you see around you. Don't understand it. But God created sex to tighten the bond between a married couple. You see, sex in the confines of marriage is about being completely vulnerable to your husband or wife. 
I mean, you're naked, so in a sense, and I don't know pun intended when I say this, you're exposed. I mean, there's laughter, kissing, and I won't go further than that. <laughs> but it's nothing like a pornography video. I mean, it's not about how can they please me, but rather how can I please them? How can I show them how much I love them through this? When you make love with your partner, you two share something intimate and become one flesh. In the Bible, Mark 10, 8, it says, and the two will become one flesh. So they are no longer two, but one flesh. And this is perfectly fine when it's with someone you love and want to truly spend the rest of your life with. You see, marriage is a sacred covenant between a man and a woman, and sex is something special that you saved only for them. Otherwise, marriage isn't all that special, besides a diamond ring and a party. I mean, there are some folks out there that just get women pregnant without marrying, and people sleeping with their boyfriend or girlfriend, and all of this robs your future partner off something special that only they deserve. Now, sex was also meant for procreation. I mean, a child is a gift from God that goes to a couple. So not only was it to tighten the bond of a couple, but it was also to be fruitful and multiply. I mean, they take the appearance and mannerisms of the parents, so that sure does give another meaning to become one flesh, doesn't it? Pretty interesting. You see, every time that you sleep with someone, a part of you always stays with them. That's why it's important to save yourself for the one that God placed in your path, because then that's fine. But when it's not, it can be very dangerous because sex can create a spiritual bridge between you and that other person. And if that person is not the one for you, then there's a possibility that there could be demons in their life causing pain and distress. Then that bridge that was built through sex can also cause those demons to come and bother your life as well. But fear not, because those chains, that bridge, can only be broken by the blood of Jesus Christ. So I urge you guys to see sex differently. See sex as a gift given from God to a married couple. You see, sex can tighten the bond between a couple, create life through a baby as both partners become one flesh, and even for pleasure too. I mean, we're not fish that lay eggs and feel nothing when we have sex, right? There's pleasure in it. But it's for the enjoyment as a married couple showing selflessness by pleasing their husband or wife. And that's what makes marriage sacred and special. Because otherwise you rob your soulmate of what should have been theirs. Even if you love your boyfriend and girlfriend, you two are not yet under the covenant of marriage. So please don't use your love for your significant other as a method to try to get away with having sex. But Angel, how can I avoid having sex with them if I like them so much? Now it's easier said than done, believe me, because I've been in those shoes. My best advice, you do your very best to avoid any type of situation where temptation can occur. Avoid staying home with your boyfriend or girlfriend because that can open the door to something potentially happening. Because look, I'm not gonna lie to you. If a girl is nude in front of me in my bedroom, I can't guarantee you that I'll keep my composure. But that's why Jesus tells us to flee from temptation. In 2 Timothy 2, 22, it's a lot of twos, <laughs> the word says, flee also youthful lusts, but follow righteousness, faith, charity, peace, and them that call on the Lord 
out of a pure heart. Flee is a pretty strong word, and when you look it up, you'll see that God didn't use this word by accident. Webster's Dictionary defines the word flee as to run away from a place or situation of danger. Since when is lust considered a dangerous situation? Well, it sure is dangerous when it could lead to sin. And remember that the effects of sin without repent has an everlasting effect that carries even after we leave earth, folks. So pray that the Lord may give you strength and keep you away from situations where you may be tempted because temptation may come. And it's not wrong to be tempted, but what you do, what your actions are, will dictate how much you worship God. Will you claim the name of Jesus and reject that temptation? Or will you fall to it? None of us are perfect, but let's try to please God through every single action we take. I mean, there are some people who constantly worship God through their bodies, but yet get ridiculed for it. So folks, this is my message to you. If you're a virgin, don't be ashamed. Don't let society pressure you to lose it to somebody who doesn't deserve it. Someone who God didn't place in front of you. And believe me, I know how it feels. By choice, I haven't slept with a woman yet. And it's tough being 22 in the year 2016, trying to maintain abstinence. I wasn't always proud to admit it either. And I remember throughout high school being made fun of it a couple times because I wasn't going to parties and sleep with a bunch of girls. But I had the foundation of God instilled in me since I was a toddler and I knew not to do it. But to say I wasn't tempted would be me lying to you. Girls inboxing me at 3 o'clock in the morning to come over. Girls inboxing me inappropriate pictures hoping to get me to sleep with them. Now, I'm not bragging about any of this, believe me. I'm, there's nothing for me to brag about, right? All I'm trying to do is prove to you guys that I've been there. And I still am in that position because temptation hits me all the time, believe me. But I will say this. When you don't know what you're missing, it's a lot easier to say no. Now, for those people who have lost their virginity before marriage, fear not. This podcast is not to make you feel any certain type of way. Don't, don't feel like I'm judging you or making you feel like you're any less. You're not because God loves you the same way as he loves someone who hasn't slept with anyone before marriage. You see, no sin that you can ever commit is too big for God to forgive you. And he's waiting 24-7 with open arms. We all sin. Some of us had sex before marriage. Some of us have robbed people. Whatever sin that you may have committed, this doesn't mean that God doesn't have a plan for you. And to prove this, Paul the Apostle in the Bible wasn't always a follower of Christ. Before he rededicated his life to Christ, he was known as Saul of Tarsus. And he was known for persecuting and causing the death and killings of many Christians. But yet God still had a plan for him. Jesus appeared to him one time and blinded him. And it wasn't until he realized that Jesus did live after the crucifixion that he was after able to see and began spreading the gospel. As a matter of fact, most of the New Testament is written by Paul. So God can use you no matter what you've done. But you have to let him in your life for his plan to be fulfilled. And in all areas, 
not just church on Sundays, because even when you're around your boyfriend or girlfriend alone at home and temptation strikes, the worship comes from fleeing from that temptation and deciding that instead of staying inside and falling possibly to temptation, why don't we go outside and hang out? Maybe with a group of people. Because you decided to worship God through your body and flee from temptation. Now we ourselves don't have the strength to do this. We don't have the strength sometimes to flee from temptation, which is why we need God. Every time we fall to sin, it just shows us that we need God in every single area of our lives. So let me pray for you so that God may give you strength to flee from temptation and be able to live for his glory. Father, I thank you for hearing my prayer on this day, Lord. I live in a world where adultery and fornication is everywhere. A world where sex before marriage has become normal, if not encouraged, my Lord. I know the world I live in contradicts your word, Jesus, because it is the enemy that tries to twist all your creations. Lord, I ask you to give me strength that I need to flee from sexual sin. Lord Jesus, I know that you are my Lord and Savior and that my body is to be a temple for the Holy Spirit. God, allow me to glorify you, not through just church service, but through all areas of my life. Jesus, I allow you to enter every area of my life. Please change me, cleanse in my mind, body and soul so that I may show and prove when temptation knocks on my door. Thank you, Jesus, for being on my side and giving me the strength I need to glorify you in your name. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Meditate on that prayer, and when temptation strikes, claim the name of Jesus and cast out all those thoughts that may lead to sin. As always, if you ever need a helping hand, as a brother of Christ, I'm here for you. God bless you, and thank you so much for tuning in. I pray that these podcasts may add clarity in this whole world that is just clouded with confusion. Thank you so much for everything, you guys, and I hope that I was able to help. And don't forget to tune in next week. This was The Message with Angel.